Let us pray. Let us pray our prayer of illumination. God of grace, enable us to hear anew Your Word of truth and grant that we may so act upon it that we may become as Christ to our neighbor. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Our readings this morning come from Isaiah 2, right in the beginning of His prophecy, and also from Matthew 24, the Gospel according to Matthew. So, Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, um, it's, it is, he's, he's get, trying to give his people hope. Because, and he plants a picture of what the future will be like. And, and just like in my prayer, you know, there is a future for us. And, but we don't know what it is. But he's trying to paint a picture of, in words of what it will look like for us. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come! Come! Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that He may teach us His ways, that we may walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war. Anymore. We now move forward a thousand years to the Gospel according to Matthew. Christ's prophecy of the destruction of Jerusalem and the warning to prepare for His second coming, if, if you knew the world was ending tomorrow, would you be ready? The Gospel lesson emphasizes we are to live in such a way that we are ready for Christ's return whenever that would happen. Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
So I titled my homily, Not Even the Messiah. Not Even the Messiah. And the question to ponder is, will there ever be that day? Will there ever be that day of the second coming? A long time has passed since these words were uttered. Not even Jesus knew the answer. He laid it on the Father to, to have that call that day. It's been, it's been a long time. Thankfully, Jesus didn't utter a win, but that it will come. Sometimes we forget about the setting of the Jewish people at the time. But we've spent a lot of time studying the, 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 the contemporary thoughts of that era. And we're pretty sure that the Jews did, very few Jews thought that there would ever be a second coming. Very few Jews thought that there would be a, a new world. And as the years went by, they lost a lot of hope. There was actually 500 years of silence after Isaiah. 500 years. Can you imagine? No prophet spoke for five. No prophet of God. There's always prophets. But no prophet of, the, of God spoke for 500 years. Can you imagine? Think of how many generations passed with no hope. And then out, seemingly out of nowhere... the Son of God arrived. I think it was like, it wasn't like you know, riding into town with, on white horses. No. He comes to us as a baby, as an infant, swaddled, lying in a feed trough. Imagine the, the setting. Worse yet, the common people, the lay people, they had no idea where he was. If it hadn't been for the shepherds and those wise men, wouldn't we have ever found him? Because think about it, he didn't like, he didn't like drop onto the earth and a comet flew across the sky and, or there were you know, trumpets or what. No, no. The only people that, got, that saw the fanfare were the shepherds and the wise men. But as for the rest of the world, he came, he came unnoticed. Unnoticed. Concerning that day, we don't even ponder it anymore. I, I, it's pretty rare for somebody to come to me and, and say, what do you think? What do you think about that day? You think it'll ever come? Do you believe there's the apocalypse? You know, do you, I get I, I I could count on one hand how many times somebody's asked me those questions. We're much more interested in what can God do for us. I get many more questions about that. Will you pray for, pray for, pray for, pray for? I don't get any questions about. When do you think Jesus Christ is coming? But that's what all this is about is that if you don't believe 
Jesus is coming. This is a pretty miserable place to live. And we've got some miserable stuff to deal with. You know, this morning, this morning, one of the reasons I was late coming into the room is that you know, Steve Paxton pulled me aside and his, and his wife got rushed to the hospital. Chris, um, Kristen got rushed to the hospital this morning. And so we, we had prayer and he, he's gone. He and Sienna are gone. And so they're, they're going to the hospital. But the thing is, is that, you know, it's, there's stuff that goes on. There's, there's hurtful stuff. There's scary stuff. There's frightening stuff. And then, we're, like I said earlier, and we're, we're worried about our mortality too. But the good news is that when you think about what had to happen for that little baby that didn't even have a name at the time to have such an immense impact on the world, it's got to be God. It's got to be God. It can't be anything else. No other human being has ever had that impact on the world. In world history, as powerful as the Egyptian gods were, as powerful as the people of Mesopotamia were, they, they're gone. They're dust. And a few stone monuments around town. But the thing is, is that this little baby changed the world, gave us hope. We live in a time of entitlement. And maybe it's always been that way. Maybe it's always been that way. Maybe, maybe the Jews felt entitled when they heard this message of the, of the baby. But they, there's, there's, a, there's a level within us as a culture, that we just, we, we just don't feel accountable. There's no repercussions. I think it's a dark world when you go and say, you know, there's no heaven. We just die. We just stop thinking. Recently I spoke about the resurrection. It's right there. In Windows 7. Today I speak about the second coming. Notice that everything that Jesus taught, everything that Jesus taught, rests on that day, that second coming. When Jesus returns, when Jesus returns, we will no longer live by faith. We will no longer live by faith. We will live by knowing. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. I want that knowledge for both of us. Let us pray. Will there ever be that day, Lord? I believe there will. And I believe no one on earth has a clue as to when it will come. 
But I also know that in between now and that day, everything depends on what are we doing. I love how the Scripture says, stay awake. Stay awake. For Christ will come as a thief in the night. May we all be ready. May we all be joyous at the sight of the return of our risen Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.